0: the following podcast is a proud member of the blue collar roots network find all the shows by visiting bluecollarroots.com it's like your favorite call-in radio show without being able to call in and without being on the radio building hvac science with
1: bill spone welcome back to another edition of the building hvac science podcast Today, we're pleased to have Matt Rivers from Hobo Data Loggers speaking to us about all the different types of data loggers in their three major markets that they cover, and that's indoor use, which a lot of the folks listening to this podcast may be familiar with, things like CO2, temperature, humidity, electrical consumption. But they also have outdoor weather monitors, wind speed, solar radiation, soil moisture, soil temperature and water quality monitors for salinity, dissolved oxygen. This really seems limitless in terms of what they can measure with the Hobo Data Loggers. So if you're listening and just curious about this area, Matt gives a great overview of the business, a U.S.-based business since 1981, and doing all the assembly within the United States. Give a listen to Matt Rivers from Hobo Data Loggers. Today we're pleased to have with us Matt Rivers from Onset Computer Corporation, and you might know them for one of their big branded products as the Hobo Data Logger or Data Logger series. Hey Matt, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good today, Bill. How you doing today?
1: Really good, thanks. A little bit cold here, but we'll get over it. This is a wintertime recording here.
0: <laughs> well, you know what they say in New England: if you don't like the weather, just wait a minute.
1: <laughs> it will definitely change. <laughs> So we were kind of spitballing the ideas here, what to talk about in the podcast. And I've known you for uh, well over a year now, maybe on onwards of two years. We've been dealing with your product line, your company. And there's a lot of great stories, a lot of great insight and knowledge. And I think data loggers might be a little unappreciated in certain segments of HVAC and building performance. I want to sort of bring that to light. I want you to kind of bring out, make these shine and figure out where they fit in and how they help contractors and technicians. One of the ideas I have is that Data loggers allow you to make measurements when you're not present. Can you kind of pick up from there and explain how would that work for uh, a contractor? What do these things do? That kind of thing.
0: First off, I appreciate you uh, asking us to take part in your podcasts. I think this is a really cool thing, and I think it's a great way to get information out about data loggers and other things as well. Speaking specifically about Hobo data loggers, what they are basically, in my opinion, the short-term answer is they are an investigation tool. So you kind of touched on it with your statement. Basically, to me, a data logger is something that is recording a parameter when you're not there. So it's taking that data, storing it on a time and date stamp basis to, or I should say, an onboard memory. And then when you offload it, you're seeing what happened over time. So specifically, it could be for Understanding comfort complaints it could be temperature relative humidity monitoring. It could be CO2 levels within a building space. It could be supply and return air duct temperatures and relative humidity, mixed air. There are a lot of things that you can do with a data logger.
1: How do these work? Like, what's the size? Are they plug in, battery operated? How do they all kind of come together? What's the latest and greatest?
0: great question so you know our traditional hobos as we're known are battery operated self-contained measurement devices so basically what a data logger does is recording data of one or more variables over time we started off in the temperature world We have data loggers that fit that realm, again, temperature and relative humidity, completely self-contained, battery-operated, easy to use. The traditional data loggers, or I should say our legacy data loggers, are all set up and offloaded using our software called HoboWare. The way that's done is it's through a USB connection back to your laptop, and you set the logger up with the program. You launch it at the specific time that you want it to record data, and then when you want to get to that data, you offload it the same way through HoboWare. Besides our traditional legacy-type products, we also offer now our newest technologies all through Bluetooth low-energy connection. So basically what that means is it's all run now through an app, and that app is called Hobo Mobile. And Hobo Mobile is a free download app to your smartphone or device, and that could be an iPhone, an iPad, an iPod, or any type of Android device or tablet that you might have. Again, the key here is it's a free app. You use that to set your data logger up, and you use that to offload the data. And that data logger is within 100 feet, we'll say, of you and that smart device.
1: Gotcha. So I want... The people that are listening to this now to say hobo mobile three times real fast without <laughs> making a mistake. <laughs> That's quite a tongue twister there.
0: <laughs> it certainly is. And, you know, I've been here going on eight years and yes. I still can't do it. So <laughs> I, I totally understand. And it's definitely a tongue twister.
1: The Bluetooth aspect, there's a lot of tools and uh, equipment headed in that direction. And I think that's a very wise direction for Onset for Hobo to be headed in. How about the like the downloading, the communication? You can actually do the setup and the downloading through Bluetooth?
0: Well, you can do everything right through a Bluetooth connection with your device. So basically, yes. The other cool feature within uh, Hobo Mobile is we also have a cloud service that can go along with that. And that cloud service is called Hobo Link. Yes, I know everything says Hobo, but that's how we're known. (laughs) So the Cloud Link basically is a free depository for data, we'll say. So basically, if you set up your Hobo Link account and link it to your Hobo Mobile device, or I should say Hobo Mobile app... The second you set up that logger and the second you offload that data logger, as long as your device has a Wi-Fi or a cellular connection, it will take that data and automatically push it out up to the cloud in HoboLink. Now, think of it this way. You have HVAC techs working in the field. You have people back in the office making decisions based on the data that's being collected. Now you have a field tech who is offloading data, shooting it out to the cloud, and you have the decision makers in the office able to get to that data a heck of a lot quicker than having to wait for the tech to bring that data back in or bring the product back in to offload it. So now decisions can be made faster. Think of it on a PM schedule. You're out and you're working on an RTU and you're trying to understand if it's time to do service to this. Well, you collect some data for a while while you're doing something else at the building or the facility. You go and offload it. Somebody takes a look at it and says, yeah, we need to do this, this, and that right away. Whatever that might be on the RTU that has to keep it running at its optimum SEER rating.
1: You do have to be there to kind of interrogate or to prompt the download with the Bluetooth device. But from there, it can be transmitted to a cloud service that anyone can access? I mean, anyone with permission can access. Exactly. Okay, cool. Some of the times we talked in the past about some of your experience in sort of the electrical world, we didn't mention that as a parameter. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Absolutely, I've mentioned temperature and relative humidity as some of the main points that we can log with a data logger. But what we can also do is we have many ways to log certain things that really are important uh, when we're talking about HVAC or we're talking about building performance as a whole. So we can log parameters like amperage, voltage. We can do watts, kilowatt hours, power factor. We can do runtime on motors, compressor motors, basically understanding when they're turning on and off specifically, we do more than just temperature. There are a lot of different parameters that can be logged with the data logger. And we do offer quite a suite of data loggers that will accept many inputs. The great thing about our products, in my opinion, is that we work well with other sensors. So if you have a sensor, maybe if sensor in the field or maybe something that you keep within your suite of tools, if that has a 4 to 20 milliamp output or anything from the range of 0 to 24 volts DC, a pulse output, whether it's electronic or mechanical, we can take that signal, scale it in our software, and you can record it with a data logger. So we play nice with other manufacturers.
1: That's pretty cool. Would that be like a pressure sensor or presence sensor?
0: Yep. Could be a gauge pressure sensor or a differential air pressure sensor. Could be compressed airflow. Could be air velocity. It all comes down to that output signal. So, pretty much anything analog from 4 to 20 milliamps or 0 to 24 volts DC, we can work
1: with. Your products, got to say, are very beautifully designed. Thank you. They have a, like a certain elegance to them, they don't look like boxes on the wall. You could almost mistake them for some kind of high end thermostat, perhaps. You mentioned CO2 as one of your loggers. That's a fairly new one on the market. It's pretty new, yeah. What's the objective of that one, some of the uses for that? Think
0: about air quality within a controlled system or within a controlled space. We have a data logger that can record temperature relative humidity and CO2 within an area, and again, it's worked in within a controlled space, something that's maybe controlled by an HVAC system, and think of a bullpen of people working all day long. and. Every day in that bullpen around 2.30, everyone seems to be starting to get sleepy and productivity is falling off and we don't know why. Well, one of the things that it could be is a bad air mixture coming in. So you might not be getting enough fresh air into that space. So this is a great indicator as well to understand, okay, what is the temperature? What is the relative humidity? What is the CO2 level in here? So as we know, CO2 can make you sleepy. And if it's too high and you're not getting enough fresh air in the system, or in the space, I should say, from the system, then, you know, you need to do something about it. So this gives an HVAC contractor specifically that data to make a decision on how much fresh air should be coming in. Do we need to open the dampers a little bit more? How do we get more air into the space to keep the CO2 levels down?
1: Tell me a little bit more about the company Onset. Like where was it founded? Where was the inspiration for this product?
0: It's a great question. and I've been asked this question I don't know how many times since I started here. A lot of people actually start off with trying to understand what HOBO is, so I'm going to get to that after I explain who we are. Onset Computer Corporation has been in business since 1981. So we've been doing this close to 36 years now. We're located in Bourne, Massachusetts. We're a privately held company. We employ about 150 employees here on Cape Cod. We are under one roof. So we have accounting, customer service, tech support, production, everything all under one building. The great thing about our products too, and I'll mention this before I forget, is everything is assembled in the U.S., So this is a U.S.-made product. It ships from Cape Cod, and we ship all around the world. And we've sold well over 3 million data loggers to date worldwide. We do have a network of channel partners like yourself, Bill, True Tech You guys do a great job for us. Thank you. And we also uh, have a direct support system here at Onset. So when we get back to understanding where Onset began and how it all started, it really starts back with the owner of our company. And the story that I have been told is that the way the Hobo name came about is the owner of our company has an affinity for trains. This is the way it was explained to me. So the name Hobo, when you think about it, a Hobo is basically somebody that would sneak onto a train very discreetly, hide and go up and down the tracks. And that's how they would travel. And also, as they're traveling up and down the tracks, they're bringing new information back and forth up the tracks to other people or other hobos. That kind of fit. And again, some of our first products, besides calling them hobos, we had Stowaways as another product. Our software, our very first software was called Boxcar. So that's kind of where the name all comes from. But the business really started, from what I've been told, with a request for a temperature logger to monitor temperatures, I believe, in the ocean. So at that point, the owner of the company, he came up with the philosophy saying we need to have something that's low cost. We have to have something that's low powered. So it had to be battery operated because it's going to be out in the ocean, but it has to be highly accurate with the data. So our philosophy going forward with all of our products has been low cost, low power, high performance.
1: That makes sense. And that really comes out, like I said, and also the elegant, the beautiful design. Well, thank you. What's your role at Onset Hobo?
0: I've been here going on eight years. Prior to coming to Onset, I worked in the electrical distribution and control world for about almost 20 years. And specifically, it was in the electrical design build world with lighting and switch gear and controls and pretty much knew everything that it took to get a building or a space up and running when it came to electricity. However, Uh, never really knew how to measure it or manage it. So I got the opportunity to come on board with Onset and really work within the building performance world. So I was pretty happy about it because now all of the products that I understand and how they work, I'm able to understand actually and measure what they do. Pretty cool. So it was a really cool fit for me. And again, going over to the green side, I guess as we can call it, (laughs) that's really where it all started for me.
1: Any interesting or sort of unusual applications that you've seen with the products?
0: Jeez, I've seen plenty of those, as a matter of fact. So I will talk about one in the building performance world. It's not that it's interesting, but it kind of is. You think about setback strategies within a building space. And I believe anyone who is managing a building and using a building control system runs into this constantly. So as we know, within a big commercial space, some of the biggest energy users are your HVAC system and any of the lighting systems. So when a customer of ours was going in to do an energy audit at a facility, sat down and met with the facility manager and said, hey, tell me how your building runs in. The facility manager rightly said, building turns on at 7 a.m., temperature in the winter time comes up to 70 degrees, the lights all turn on, and at 7 o'clock, everything starts creeping back and going back into an empty space mode. So the auditor basically asked the question, are you sure about that? And can I put some data loggers around just to understand what's going on? So, this specific customer took a data logger that measures temperature, relative humidity, and just a general purpose light level, placed them in a couple of the spaces. And within the data, what they did notice right off the bat is that around two in the morning, the lights would come on and the temperature would go up. And that would last for about three hours in the building, and then it would all go back down. So here's this auditor looking at this saying, you know, I don't understand what's going on. This property manager told me everything is run by the control system. Well, lo and behold, that property manager didn't understand the fact that the cleaning crew comes in at that time. And when the cleaning crew is coming in, they're turning the heat back up manually. They're overriding where they can. They're turning all the lights on in the building to clean where they have to clean. And they're wasting energy. That's one interesting story I heard before when it comes to data logging and why it's such a cool investigation tool.
1: So where do you think the market is headed for the use of the products? Do you think it's Bluetooth really a trend?
0: I believe so. Bluetooth in itself, we've been dabbling in this now for the last, I want to say, four years. I know as we go forward with a lot of future design products, we're going to be having a lot of Bluetooth data loggers out there. I believe at some point it would make sense to communicating through some sort of gateway. So specifically, now you're setting up data loggers, we'll say, that are communicating Bluetooth, and they're reporting through a device out directly to our cloud servers. So nobody has to go and collect the data at that point. It's making it simpler. It's getting that data to the people that need it to make the proper decisions on what to do to save energy.
1: You mentioned all the products are made in the U.S. So you actually have a factory there. You source the components, a production line.
0: We do. Right here in Cape Cod, we actually, were in an old strip mall. And it's this big L shaped building with 936 solar panels on the roof. We have building part A, which is all of accounting and tech support, customer service, engineering, et cetera. And then Building B is where we have all of our production. We run predominantly about two shifts. And then when we start getting into the busier season, we'll say, you know, as the spring and the summer comes through, we might add on a third shift to keep up with the products. But everything's made in Building B. I would love to say everything is U.S. made, as you touched on it, component-wise. But I can tell you that everything's assembled here in the U.S.
1: That's hard to do anymore in today's world of electronics to separate yourselves from sort of international supply, that kind of thing. True. Where do you connect with customers? Do you have um, period trade publications, trade shows? Where does that happen?
0: So Onset is very well engrossed in pretty much any publications that have to do with the building performance world, the environmental world, the water quality world. We do a lot of trade shows every year in all of those different facets. When you think about Onset products, there are basically three parts of data loggers, we'll say, are three different groups. We have an indoor suite of data loggers. We have an outdoor suite of data loggers and that includes weather stations and then we have a water quality suite of data loggers for things such as like dissolved oxygen or water level water depth we play very heavily in all those markets on the building performance side we go to plenty of trade shows as a matter of fact we were just exhibiting i want to say this is probably maybe our 15th year or even a few years more than that at the ahr Expo. this year was held in chicago It's always a great show, always great information there, always great manufacturers, and great technology. So we find that group to be awesome, and we support that heavily. Besides ASHRAE, we're also at a lot of the Association of Energy Engineers shows. And again, new technologies are shown off. We meet different people who are out there trying to understand how to save energy within our planet.
1: Talk a little bit about the other two markets that our listeners might not be as familiar with. What's the weather, what are the parameters you're measuring, and how does that work?
0: Fantastic question. So on the weather side, when you think about weather and environment, it's pretty much anything outdoor. It could be wind speed, direction. It could be solar radiation. It could be photosynthesis, which is an important reading to understand how plants grow. Think about in the agriculture world where we need to understand rainfall, let's say specifically for crops, or maybe irrigation or soil moisture or soil temperature, depending on what type of crop you're planting. With the weather stations, again, we have these scattered all around the world, and they're used by many universities and many scientists for a great research-grade products who record those different parameters that are needed. We have other sensors within that, so barometric pressure could be one as well. Where we find right now a big play in the agriculture world is understanding irrigation systems, and that actually is somewhat new. For onset, or at least new as in the parameters. Specifically, it could be uh, water pressure going through the irrigation system, and again, rain gauge to understand the amount of irrigation going through, and then again, soil moisture. So these are very popular ones where people are trying to understand how they don't have to use as much water by measuring it this way, they get a better
1: handle on it. You guys really have an applications focus, but you go broad into the application, I mean, between wind speed, direction, solar. Does anything have to do with like solar radiation? Is it for crops or is it for like solar panels? You mentioned solar panels on your building.
0: Solar panels, absolutely.
1: Do you log that data up there? We
0: do, actually. Uh, It's kind of funny. Our building, when you walk out back, it looks like we're a bunch of mad scientists because we're constantly testing new different sensors. We have, I think, probably 10 or 15 weather stations set out back of our building along with other ones up on the roof. It is a measurement of solar radiation to understand the angle of the sun, where it's coming from, where's the best place to put a solar panel. Think about it on the energy side when you're thinking about solar, the output of those solar panels, how much power is coming off of them, how much is going back through the inverter. Another way to think of it on a residential side You have solar panels on your house, and you want to understand how much power is being produced by those, how much is the house actually using, and again, what's the parameter, and what is the energy going back out to the utility companies? It's amazing. (laughs) It really is. So I can tell you with the 936 solar panels we have on our roof, it covers close to 50% of our total energy consumption.
1: That's pretty impressive.
0: It really is. For years, we talked the talk. Now we walk the walk.
1: Was that something done recently?
0: It was done in the last six years.
1: That's interesting, and it's not like it's somewhere out in Arizona or Nevada where you get sunshine all the time. Cape Cod probably has a little bit of weather sometimes.
0: Yeah, we do have a little bit of that. As a matter of fact, it's snowing this morning, so it's a little bit of snow going on right now.
1: And then that other market, that third market, water quality, you said level, depth?
0: Yep. We'll do water level, basically understanding the water depth within, say, in a well space, or it could be in a tidal gate. It could be dissolved oxygen. We will measure that as a parameter as well. It could be salinity. We'll measure salinity as well with data loggers. So there's definitely a range of loggers that are used in a lot of field and stream studies. Specifically, you would be absolutely amazed at how temperature alone can affect the spawning of fish. Or it's absolutely amazing, these things that you learn that what a data logger actually helps does.
1: That's impressive. I never thought about all that complexity is it good to have more dissolved oxygen or worse or
0: it's not my strong suit bill however I do understand that dissolved oxygen the more oxygen you have is good for certain environments and other ones it's it's not so
1: just like a lot of the parameters we talked about there's a sweet spot to be operating on like with co2 and airspeed and wind speed and all that kind of thing going on there mm-hmm. so you have any kind of tales from your experience you want to discuss something that would maybe around the building performance, building science area, even electrical. I mean, some things that you saw, observed, witnessed.
0: Within the lighting parameters, we'll talk about lighting real quick. One of the big things that I've observed, and it's gotten much better over the years, is think about when you walk into a commercial space prior to occupancy control, or when occupancy control was just starting coming out. People would walk into a space, they'd turn all the lights on for the day at 8 a.m., and they shut everything off at 6 o'clock. Well, in a commercial space, that's a lot of lighting, a lot of power. So you'd have these huge conference rooms where somebody walks in, turns the lights on, and that room is occupied for 30 seconds and all of that energy being wasted. So with our data loggers, we do have one specifically that would measure light and occupancy. And basically what it's doing is it's recording when a state change occurs. So if the lights are on, it's saying, okay, the lights are on. If somebody enters the space, A passive infrared occupancy sensor would pick that up, make a time and date stamp of when they entered the room, and then it would make another time and date stamp when the room was empty. I've seen studies where you're in a conference room, or actually it's a ballroom at a very large hotel where somebody walks in the room for 30 seconds, it's recorded that way, but these lights are on for a good 10, 12 hours. What that did and what that helped with this specific hotel chain, thinking about the ballrooms now, is they put in all kinds of occupancy control. And they also proved out the fact that, hey, you know what? Control is not a bad thing for this space. It's worth the investment.
1: Absolutely. Anything you see on the horizon uh, in terms of data logging or sensors from this conversation here? It feels like it's almost limitless because you guys do play well with so many inputs, et cetera.
0: It really is good. And I guess first and foremost, when you think about it, we make data loggers. We do make some sensors, but we're a data logger company first and foremost. So our goal is to always have the right product to work with the right type of sensor. It is somewhat limitless to us. It's just a matter of what we're going to develop as we go forward. We hear a lot about the Internet of Things and things getting pushed out to the Internet and getting right out to the web or out to the cloud, as it's called. We just see that going up and up and up within the data logging space. So I think with the Bluetooth play, you're going to see a lot more ease of use for sure. And you're going to see a lot of technology change that way where people really just need to go out and get this thing set up and then they can walk away and let it do its thing.
1: And if people aren't familiar, the, the data loggers, some of the ones we're talking about here, you have ones that are less than a hundred dollars on up to a few hundred. It's not like it's a really expensive proposition here.
0: I totally agree with you. I think our most cost-effective product starts at about $45 for a data logger, and they can range all the way up to, say, $3,500, depending on what you're doing. Besides standalone loggers and Bluetooth loggers, we also have data loggers that will work through a cellular connection. So it would take sensors that are connected to it and push it up out to HoboLink, which is, again, our cloud server. So now you're doing everything remotely on a cellular basis.
1: And that's available now.
0: That's available now. Absolutely
1: it's almost limitless the way you can connect with this data. Interesting.
0: I would say the best way for anyone who wanted to learn more about our products is to go out to our website and start there at www.onsetcomp.com. And that's onsetcomp, like computer, And it gives you a wide variety of what we have to offer. And if you do need to get anything, Bill's a great source for these products. His team is very knowledgeable and should be able to support you quite well when it comes to any questions that you would have on our products.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, the True Tech Tools. Thank you. I think we could wrap up now unless you had another point too you wanted to cover, but I think we gave pretty expansive overview here.
0: There's just so much to talk about. I would really want to just leave the audience with one question. If you have something that you want to monitor and try to understand what's going on, don't think it can't be done. Call and ask the question if we have something that will help you. That's what it really comes down to. And the old saying is you can't manage it if you can't measure it. So by measuring what's going on, you're able to manage things much better. The great thing is, as you put up, Bill, is that these are all cost-effective devices and they're investigation tools. That's the key. This isn't some fancy schmancy type of logger that you're scared to leave anywhere. It's a tool and you can keep it in your tool belt and use it when needed.
1: And they're very, very portable, very easy to use. Very good. Okay. Well, really want to thank you for coming on here today, Matt, and sharing with us some of the details about data loggers and how Hobo and Onset Computer goes to market, where you came from, that's all a very interesting story, and I hope listeners got something out of this.
0: We really appreciate it, Bill, and we appreciate the invite, and I'll just end this conversation with, I'm a hearty New England fan, and go Patriots.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we are two days before Super Bowl, is it 52? Is that right? Yes, sir. People are listening sometime in the future. Well, this will be after the Super Bowl, so.
0: <laughs> I hope they win.
1: <laughs> this won't come out until uh, probably for about a week or so after the Super Bowl. I mean, we could. Wager the score here, or something like that, or the number of touchdown passes. Or?
0: I got to be quite honest with you. You know, I love watching my Patriots. However, there has been two occasions at Super Bowl time where I've actually shut the TV off because I figured they were going to lose. So, oh wow! I plan to never do that again, and quite honestly, <laughs> I also plan to never bet on a game because you just never know. I kind of call them the cardiac kids.
1: I always close with my guests and I ask what I call the hot seat question. That's really not that bad. But it's a favorite quote of yours, a favorite book you have read, or a book you're now reading.
0: Okay. Let me put some thought to this for a second here. So it's kind of funny. One of my favorite things is, I don't know if it's appropriate or not for the audience, but Bill, you put me on the hot seat here. So the best thing I can end it with, and I did say it a few minutes ago, is basically you can't manage something if you can't measure it. It's very well tied into what we do here at Onset. So keep that in mind when you're out there trying to figure out what in the heck is going on with something. The only way you're gonna know what's going on is by actually taking a look and measuring and understanding what's going on in front of you.
1: That's a really good sentiment. I love it because it's about measurements. I like to think of our store True Tech tools as being measurements, RS kind of thing that fits in perfectly thank you again for coming on matt
0: and thank you i appreciate it
1: thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back at you again later take care well thanks for listening to that episode of the building hvac science podcast Where we learned a little bit about all the different ways of using data loggers as investigation tools and one of the things we try to do with the Building HVAC Science Podcast is create a better, more knowledgeable technicians in HVAC and building performance. And we think having better information on hand actually helps in that regard. It helps you learn. It helps you give better information and results to your clients. Better results is what we're all after. I guess one of the quotes that ties in here today is by Peter Drucker. And that would be, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. You really have to quantify things. I think that's a great quote. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the Building HVAC Science Podcast, please email me at bill underscore spohn, S-P-O-H-N, at bluecollarroots.com. If you're interested in any of the tools or test instruments we talked about in our podcast, take a look at what True Tech Tools has to offer. That's T-R-U-T-E-C-H-T-O-O-L-S.com. You can use the code HVACBS for a nice discount. In full disclosure, I'm one of the co-owners at True Tech Tools. I want to thank you for listening and if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, we have a page on Facebook called Building HVAC Science. You can figure out some of the other things that we're interested in and following and talking about and discussing and learning more about. You can interact with us there. We'd also like you to click and subscribe to make sure that you're going to stay up to date and not miss out on any of the other podcasts in the world of Building HVAC Science. That would also help on our ratings for Google and iTunes if you subscribe and give us a review. So you can get us on iTunes, you can get us on Android, Stitcher, or Google Play. And you can also go to our website at BlueCollarRoots.com to the podcasts tab, and then you can actually play the podcast directly in your browser. I well, thank you again for listening in here, and we always appreciate feedback. Reach out to us and let us know what we can do better at the Building HVAC Science Podcast.